No, I, I, I've only done it once and it was, it was horrible. Not because of the acid itself, but because my friend invited me and, and several of his friends over to help him paint his apartment because he was, he was moving to, to, to Taiwan. Uh, and so the, th- the thing with like psychedelics, if you ever choose to do them, is you want to be in an environment where you're kind of comfortable, right? So like with friends, See, maybe in I've nature, heard. like... So not Vegas. Yeah, well, what not, I've heard is not really, Vegas. It's, it's the experience is really dictated by the people around you. Yeah, yeah, and for, for me, my, my I mean, my opinion on, on psychedelics is that they're they're a very like uh, intellectual and like can be, uh, can be an intimate interpersonal experience, and so it's not it's, it's not the same as like dropping too. Yeah, it's not this. Yeah, and it's very long lasting. So it's not the same as like just taking a couple of shots or like. Well, I, I mean, know, like emotionally like, lasting. Like you remember the experience yes. if you have a good experience yes. for like years. Yeah, I'm and sure it, you it, probably remember it if it's bad too. No, yeah, it actually, yeah. I mean, it's it's a very impactful experience, and they, they actually just had some research came out that came out where they um they did some uh, like MRI is it MRI scans MRIs on uh, on the brain on and off of acid to try and oh I saw that um, I, re- I read that yeah to try and figure out like what's actually going on because the interesting thing about acid is when it first came out in in the middle of the last century uh, it was actually thought of as being this like crazy. Uh, amazing substance that could have a lot of implications in the medical field uh, for like psychotherapy for helping people with uh, with PTSD and, and with terminal illness all kinds of things but when it became too mainstream and a lot of people were tripping off drugs it just got banned and well, so none got, of the research it, was it funded there's nothing around it it got caught up in the hippie era and what yeah. happened is you know the politics was so anti-hippie that anything they're doing is bad it's it's hard has, to do, it was hard it to do research use, on it whatever yeah. it has it doesn't yeah, so it's impossible to do research it, yeah yeah, yeah um, but they just did research, and so, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not even going to try and explain what the research said, but it was something along the lines of it, it, it tears down and reforms new connections in, in the way that you store and think about information, so it makes it easier for people to be open-minded about information that they'd otherwise be closed off to, uh, and that's a lasting effect, as you said, like, that's an actual lasting effect of doing a psychedelic once or twice or whatever it is. Yeah, I think one of the interesting things from, from this article that I saw was that they are they were able to more clearly identify different parts of the brain and how they change between the times that you're on and times that you're off interesting and that connect the dots between those areas that change have an impact on your that like that's why your you know emotional state and your mental state changes so much is like because those parts of your brain have changed Mm, because they actually because they actually have physiologically changed yeah yeah interesting uh but in any case, the point that I was trying to make is that it's good to be in a comfortable environment. Like, you don't want to be in a party vibe. I mean, some people do. Uh, I'm not one of those people. And you definitely don't want to be in, a vi- in, in, in an environment that's devoid of color or creativity or comfort. Uh, and just, just imagine, I don't know if you, any, of, any of you listening or if any of us in the studio have ever moved where you're, like, you're basically painting your walls white. There's no furniture. There's, like, plastic on the floor to protect it from the paint. Imagine doing drugs in that environment where there's nothing to sit on and nothing to look at, and it's cold. It was horrible. It was like <laughs> it was like one of the worst experiences I've ever had, honestly. Um, even though I mean, I guess it was kind of fun. So it was a good story. So the plan was to do acid and paint the apartment. The the plan was actually not to do acid. So the acid plan was to paint, so the paint the apartment. And someone say, "Hey, I got some acid. Do this. Do this." So I I, I was the first one that got there, and I was tired. Uh, and so I told my friend, hey, I'm going to go get coffee. And he's like, oh, I could just make us coffee. Hey, so he made us coffee. great upper. It's called acid. No, and he had this eyedropper with acid in it in the fridge. And he's like, hey, let's just like take a little bit of acid. And I'm like, uh. Just a little bit, right? All right, just a little bit. And he's like, well, it's, it's pretty old. So we'll just like, we'll put a couple drops in. And it'll be fine. 
and like 30 minutes later we're tripping i'm like dude i'm not gonna paint your walls white while we're tripping on acid but then he uh he really wanted us to to get it done so i, I don't know in any case i'm not it's doing a very good job very of explaining poorly it. Planned here. it was it was an <laughs> unintentional what, what extremely color, uncomfortable what color or colors did it end up being uh, it was just white. It was white it was walls. White. That, that's what made it the saddest thing. Yeah. What color did it look like while you were on acid? It just looked like white. So, so the thing about acid is... Um, I mean, so, there's a stereotype. Oh, look at all the colors. So, so I mean. a friend of mine is a really good photographer, and he uh, he he tripped on psychedelics once, and, and he mentioned that he was trying to figure out, like, what exactly is it doing to your, to your visuals? Because a lot of people say, oh, I have visuals. It's not like things are just manifesting out of nowhere. Um, there are fractals, and there are patterns that appear, and there are colors that shift. But what he said is it, it messes with your focal point, and that's why you get a lot of visuals. And so what's happening is it, it it almost looks like there are colors that are changing and that your vision is breathing because your focal point is constantly shifting. Yeah. And so what you're seeing is like sliding over the images of, of what you're seeing. That's a, that's a like, horrible way to explain it's like it. It's like the life. It, it's like the real world turned into a painting, and it yeah. moves around. And yeah. it kind of flows, and different parts flow different ways. I imagine like uh, like like if you have a kaleidoscope, right? And you look through the kaleidoscope, sure, sure. it kind of affects what you're looking yeah. at. But if you take a kaleidoscope and look at a blank page, you're still looking at nothing. There's nothing there. Yeah. There's nothing so there. The, so the there's nothing. Walls, I mean, this is there's nothing to respond to. to. Yeah, it was uh, it was horrible. Anyways, if you're listening to this, you're an asshole. But I'm still friends with you. Uh, <laughs> for yeah, at least for now. Uh, <laughs> anyways, next time you have to paint. Um, so we're digging into the next show here. I think the back pocket guys will be uh, will be up here in a couple minutes, but uh, we're gonna go ahead and jump off of the air uh, and go hang out with uh, with some of the artists, the artists. Well, wow, I almost said artists with some of the artists that are downstairs. It's been a long week. I haven't gotten too much sleep. Uh, but in any case, thanks for joining us. Uh, do you guys have any shout outs that you want to give uh, to the people, to your friends, to your enemies, to your family before we get off the air here? I'll do a shout out to my yeah. dad. Oh. Uh, the big, infamous Bob. The infamous Big Bob Fannin. Does he know that there's a picture of him in the office? He does. He does? Has he seen it? He sent me the picture. Framed? Yes. Like, <laughs> not kidding. There's a picture of Sean's dad in the office. Not on his desk, by the way, just like out there. In the, is like, he, is he I walked by, I it's walked it's by it like 10 times and I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Is this just like a stock <laughs> image? It's a, it's a shrine. It, it came with a frame. <laughs> came with that, the office. That would actually yeah. be funny if it was a sh- it structural. If it was a real shrine, like if people started putting like fruits and stuff in front of it, like <laughs> candles. Okay, he did. He sent me the framed selfie though. That's um, that's a bold move. Yeah, I respect it though. Sure. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's him in front of the Eiffel Tower, with a Hulk Hogan style mustache. Yeah, it's very it's, disturbing. It's a good, it's a good selfie. And that's I don't a good know what gift. it looks like, but I'm just imagining Hulk Hogan there now. Now I know what I'm giving to my friends for Christmas this year. <laughs> <laughs> a framed selfie. Um, all right, in any case, it was a pleasure talking to you guys. Thanks for tuning in, and definitely keep it locked for Back Pocket. And uh, come back next week for another episode of Flow Radio. Thanks for listening. This is BFF.FM. hamster's life and it's very sentimental and well written and you need to be responsible for this animal and i'm looking at the sheet and you know that couldn't be further from the truth because i'm headed to south america that week three thousand miles away and i'm giving it to an 11 year old a negligent 11 year old at that (laughs) but i sign it confidently and pay for it and we you know get it in the prius 
get it home, and we have three landmines to dodge because my dad, mother, and grandmother are all at the house. We have to sneak in the back door, get into our bedroom, lock the door, and I look at him and I go, well, fuck, now what? <laughs> and he goes, all right, well, I got it all figured out. Okay. Takes me into the closet, and you know that little bit in the closet where you hang your jackets, and there's sort of that cubby spart behind the jackets? Well, to his credit, I don't know how he figured it out, but it fit perfectly. The hamster cage, the little uh, water bottle, the food, all of it, the little ball. I mean, it, it fit. It was like, yeah, it was beautiful. Except for the fact that a closet gets zero natural light, and it's probably the worst place for a living animal. Um, and fair enough, like an 11-year-old didn't think of that, but I'm 18 and going to live in a foreign country independently for a year. Like, I should have thought that that was a bad idea but I didn't. Instead, I looked at him and said, oh, yeah, good idea. All right, let's put it in there. And let's throw a tapestry over it, too, so no one finds out. <laughs> and so <laughs> we set Lionel Richie up in, in the cupboard with the tapestry over it. It's pretty much invisible. Um, I go to South America, fast forward a few weeks. Um, I'm on a routine Skype call back home. The whole family's in. And, you know, we're talking about sort of the mundane things that you talk about when you're in a different country, Skyping your parents back home. How's the food? Oh, what are, your, what are the people like that you're living with? Have you met a girl? Have you kissed anyone yet? How's grandma doing back home? What are you having for dinner in America? And among sort of these like mundane routine things, my mother brings up, well, you know, the house, something's off. There's this really terrible smell that's developed in the house, and it's really bothering me, and I don't know what it is. It smells like something's dead in the attic. I've totally forgot about Lionel Richie at this point. I'm like, oh, wow, that's weird, huh? Fuck, sorry. Until I see my little brother's face in the corner of the Skype screen, and he's doing one of these, like, no, don't say anything. <laughs> so I don't, I like, I, you know, I hold it back. I don't say anything. We end the call. Two weeks later, back on Skype. And, you know, the same sort of thing goes on. And then my mom brings up the smell again. The smell's gotten worse, Christian. It's really, it's consuming me. It's terrible. I've had two different pest guys come out to look. They've searched the entire attic and behind the walls of our house. And they haven't found so much as a dead fly. There's nothing. No one knows where this smell's coming from, but it's bad. In fact, it's so bad, she says, that your little brother who gets headaches from incense has started lighting incense in his room every single day. <laughs> Swear to God. And now I'm like desperately trying not to just burst into laughter on this Skype call, but I hold it back for my brother, of course. I don't say anything. We hang up the call, and well, a week later, I get onto Skype, and I have a missed call from home. And below it is a message, like a typed message, that says, you're in trouble, mom. <laughs> well, I wasn't in trouble. Um, my mom actually thought it was hilarious. She had a really good sense of humor about the whole thing. And thought it was really funny the next day um, the next day, the hamster was also donated. <laughs> um, but sort of the legend lives on. And now anytime there's like a funky, weird smell in the house, like the go-to line is, we'll check Liam's closet. <laughs> um, so with, with this story, I introduce the first official storyteller of the night. 
um, my best friend, my cohort, and my confidant for all of my deepest secrets, my brother, Liam McArdle Hankin. Thank you. <laughs> Damn. All right. Wow. So, uh, yeah, as Christian said, that was five years ago. So I'm actually 17 right now. So if anybody wants to take me to PetSmart after this, <laughs> I- I'm on that chinchilla fever. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, my story, my secret story actually takes place not five years ago, but three months ago, it was Valentine's Day, February the 14th, and I took, got a bus up to SF to spend the weekend with my brother, and I was super confident that I was going to have a great weekend, because Christian and his friends built up this Valentine's party, and this college party, I'm the high school student, you know, <laughs> and uh, so yeah, I was stoked getting ready we're getting ready at his house and I decided to come up with the alter ego that I'm a a freshman at a community college in Sacramento so I tell him hey if anybody asks I community college Sacramento (laughs) and you know because everybody there is a college student I thought it was the only way I could like fit in and my brother looks at me and he goes no okay if you're gonna do this you're gonna commit you're a sophomore at Berkeley <laughs> and so I went along with it. It uh, it later backfired on him though, because at the party everybody thought I was the smarter brother. <laughs> but uh, damn. But nevertheless, it worked out. Nobody second guessed it. I was I committed fully. I was telling everybody from like random girls who were potential polls that I was a sophomore at Berkeley. <laughs> to even like my brother's closest friends who have already met me. I like still told them. But <laughs> so we're at this party and things are going great. I'm the sophomore at Berkeley. I got my chest puffed out, you know. I'm feeling good. And I I make eye contact with this girl across the room or whatever. And uh I walk over and I don't even know how it ended up happening, but I ended up reciting poetry for her. It was yeah, yeah, Valentine's, I don't know. It was Mingus at the Showplace by Williams Matthew. And uh, it works. She digs it. And we're vibing hard. So I get, I get the directions up to the, the rooftop by my brother. And I take her up there. And it's just we end up having this great Valentine's Day kiss on the roof in San Francisco. And I'm still the sophomore at Berkeley. <laughs> Actually, now that I think about it, it's not really a secret story. It's more of a blatant lie story. But, <laughs> but uh, anyway, so yeah, so we, we end up spending the party together. It's great. And uh, we say goodbye. The next morning, I have nothing to lose, so I sh- shoot her a text, and we end up meeting at Dolores Park, her and her friends and my brother and I. And we're at Dolores Park, and before she arrives... I look at my brother and say, hey, man, I got to come clean. And he's like, well, if that's what you got to do, then whatever. Tell the truth. So she comes, and about 10 minutes in, she looks over and asks me, so how often do you visit from Berkeley? 
and I'd say, well, the thing is, <laughs> I don't go to Berkeley. I go to a place called Oak Ridge. And she's like, Oak Ridge, what is that? Like a private liberal arts school? <laughs> and I was like, no. Welcome to Back Pocket here on BFF.FM. Cruising in a little late because the roads were, um, yeah, they were a bit more crowded. <laughs> Getting to the secret alley tonight. And there's an art show going on right now here in the alley. So if you feel like coming down and checking out a new series um, that's featured here in Gallery, which is downstairs below where we broadcast the radio show, uh, come on over. That's over at 180 Cap. Uh, but yeah, we got a good show lined up for you today. It's just myself. Ellison's out. He's chaperoning a high school prom right now in downtown. So I don't know how he got roped into it, but either way, he's the guy with the flashlight cutting off wristbands for dirty dancing. Um, yeah, so it's just me here tonight um, DJing for you. It looks like we're going to have a couple friends coming through, hopefully get some good stories uh, out to you on the breaks, but... Well, we're not in the breaks. So you're going to be playing a bit of music here. Um, let's see what we're feeling. Oh, yeah. I think I'll start it off with... Um, oh, God. I don't know. There's so much. Mm, all right. Found these guys. They're pretty interesting. Kind of hilarious. Um, <laughs> the name of this group is Cadillac Music. Um, but music is spelt, you know, really funky. M-U-Z-I-K. Uh, they're from the South. I think Georgia, if I had to guess. But... I guess. Um, anyway, I'll play the song. It's called Brass Construction. Welcome. If you need a dime sack, knock on my door, I got your fix But praying to the sky and slanging greens just don't mix Lord, I need to be fixed or baptized in your water But that girl with that big booty down the street just make it harder To repent for my sins, brought up in the church But for some reason I'm always doing dirt And I find myself in the mix of trouble trying to get out Just trying to feed baby mama and put food in my son's mouth After I hit this lag corner, man, I'm done with selling pussy. My three hoes in the back seat, dying to heat. Lord, forgive me for my sins. I'm just trying to feed my family. Lord, please don't let this pistol jam. But these niggas come out here tripping about this money and shit. And shit. And shit. And shit. And shit. Bet you gon' feel the brass. 
To make you feel the facts and shake up the globe Oh
All right, all right. Welcome back to Back Pocket here on BFF.FM. I'm your host, McCardle, tonight. We are Ellisonless, but luckily we got another guest in here tonight. Hello, welcome. Thanks. What's your name? Scott. Scott, welcome. Cheers. Again, you get two <laughs> welcomes because I just met you. Right. <laughs> it's a good place to be welcomed. Scott, where are you from? You have a little bit of an accent. Australia. Australia. Melbourne. All right, correct. Yeah. Yeah, how'd I you know? Trendy sunglasses and rolled up jeans. <laughs> I'm wearing regular glasses and my jeans aren't rolled up, but good, good call. The people on the other end didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, if you're going to be down on Melbourne, then... No. Oh, oh, oh I'm, wait, I'm down with Melbourne. Oh, okay, cool. Not down on Melbourne. Oh, okay, that's good. The distinction. Yeah, yeah. You right. know? Melbourne's a good city. Melbourne's a good city. Yeah. Filled with madmen. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Got a question for you. What's a quality in yourself that you would describe as maybe um, unique to you? Is there, like, um, is there something that people tell you that sort of... Um, yeah, you think unique to your personality, some, a characteristic or a quality of your personality. Man, that's like really putting me on the spot. That's, um, no, I don't, I don't have one. I don't believe that. No, either. don't have one. Okay, we'll come back to that. Okay. <laughs> what's right. your, wait, what's yours? Because we've only just met. So right, right, right. You know, now we're I playing ping pong. Yeah, well, I don't know yours. So. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. I, you know, I got a nice back end <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> um, all right, I'll say, I, hmm. I'd say, um, you know, this is less of a, a personality. I'm, I'm a really good burrito bowl maker. Yeah, right. It's deep, but wow. Yeah, we, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry. We'll, um, we'll get a, li- <laughs> we'll scratch the surface a little deeper after this story. You know what? I have to say, actually, this is a real one. Um, I say that sort of in jest, but I, um, I'd say I'm a pretty curious person. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm a curious. I I have to investigate things, sort of. I'm constantly experimenting. Yeah. Um, in a sort of a non-formal way. Okay. Yeah. I guess you don't have one. I'll come up with one though by the end of the night. Cool. Uh, that's cool, Scott. Anyway, so we were talking. I just met Scott out in in the kitchen. We um, were both drinking water, and I had a glass of water. He had this really trendy, um, pink, pink water bottle. Right, exactly. Sort of this um, almost uh, space-looking vessel. Could could possibly be from Twitter, judging with by the, the bird. Right, <laughs> cute little bird on it. Do you work at Twitter? No. Huh. How'd you obtain that? My wife works at Twitter. I got you. Yeah. Oh, you're married. Yeah. Cool. Um, so. Uh, Scott and I are getting to know each other over these glasses of water. Um, he said that he had also, I, you know, I've spent a long day in the sun today, and that's the theme of our show, stories in the sun, right? Things that happen to you where you remember that it was sunny. And, and so Scott said he has a story, so let's, let's, let's just go for it. Okay, so it's a, it's a multi-phased story that comes over multiple years, and I'm trying to work out whether to tell the first part. I'm going to start chronologically. Okay. So back in... Oh, man, what year would it have been? I'm going to say it would have been like 1994. 1994, my aunt and uncle were out from Canada, and we went up to the Gold Coast for a holiday. And um, I fell asleep in the sun, as you do, and I got the worst sunburn of my entire life uh, on my back. And my uncle turned me on to the fact that you could use aloe vera from actual cactuses so he would just pull off cactuses mm. and um and open them and like soothe my back which was good because it was a really bad sunburn and then i ended up moving to canada uh 10 years later 
Okay, so 2004 more. No, or less. For, like, wait, wait, less. Uh, 98, I moved, so like four years later. Okay. Uh, lived there for a few years. And then in Canada, I came down with skin cancer on my back. Oh, melanoma. my God. No, and melanoma. Yeah, on my back. Oh, my and God. I'm pretty sure it was all connected because I only ever got really badly sunburned one time. That was it. It's like the only time I ever got sunburned on my back. And when you asked your doctor, I'm sure you told them the story. They, they, they were like, they want to know. So they go through and they take your uh-huh. history and your record. And they're like, you know, did you ever get badly sunburned as a child? And I was like, yeah, there was this one time on the Gold Coast when I was like 14. Oh my and, God. Uh, and, and that was it. And then that was my un- aunt and uncle from Canada. And then, I don't right. know, however many years later, eight years later uh-huh. in, in Vancouver. Right. And, and got something removed. And I was like, oh, that's melanoma. Yeah, had to go back to Australia for treatment. Really? Yeah. And what was that process like? Was it, I mean, you're here, so that's oh good. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was good. I mean, it was it was bad because they, they missed the mole and the mole turned into a lymph node and the lymph node got larger and then the lymph node, by the time they pulled it out, had ruptured. So it was like pretty late stage melanoma. Right. And so I had to go back and, and get lymph nodes taken out and uh, and radiotherapy. And it was like 12, 12 months of, of surgery and radiotherapy and recovery. Really? Yeah. But subsequently, uh-huh. I don't go in the sun anymore. You don't? Not you really. You probably always wear sunscreen too now. I wear a lot of sunscreen. Do you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh-huh. If, I, if, I, if I brushed my teeth the way I wore sunscreen, <laughs> I'd, I'd never have a feeling. Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Now, did they say, is your skin type more susceptible to 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 skin it's, uh, cancer. You know, it's, it's a weird one because um so they still don't like well I haven't really done much research since actually having it in 2002 mm-hmm. and so back then I'd speak to the doctors and they still they still don't know a lot about mm-hmm. melanoma and so the theory at the time is that everyone's born with it and then it triggers and sun sun they think um, like sunburn triggers mm. the the melanoma to actually uh, appear mm-hmm. uh, so people who have in Australia, uh, 3% of the population gets melanoma. And of those 3% who get melanoma, 10% of those people get it again. So it definitely uh-huh. seems to be something that if you have it, you're right. more susceptible to it. Sure. And uh, mainly from the European right, okay. like immigrants. Uh-huh. And that harsh, harsh Australian sun. And it was a ye- uh, almost a year, you said, that you had to go through treatment? Yeah, the first, the lymph node was taken out in like, I want to say November. Right. I went back to Australia in December. I had so the funny thing is like Australia has a very good medical system, not to be cruel to all you <laughs> Americans. Uh, Australia has a very good medical system. Canada had an okay medical system, but in Canada, huh. it works on the suburb that you, or the, like the city that you live in. I lived in the city of Vancouver. And so after they took that out in Canada and discovered that it was melanoma, it was going to take me six weeks to see a specialist. Mm-hmm. And in that time, I'd been able to fly back to Australia, see a specialist and have the surgery um, and didn't pay a single cent because it was all paid for by the government. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's not awesome that you had melanoma, obviously, but no, it's but awesome that you were, you know, Australian healthcare treated. Right. Yeah. And so after that, then it was uh, recovery from the surgery and then uh, six weeks of radiotherapy. Uh, so which that, yeah, which was, terrible, yeah, which was brutal. Um, I used to walk home from the train station afterwards and 
I'd get about like halfway home and I had to, there was like a bench that I used to like have a rest on. In the shade? It was in the shade. It was also winter by the time I was like having this stuff done. So there wasn't a lot of sun around. Hmm. Well, man, thanks for sharing that story. That was awesome. But I got to ask one more time. I think I sort of asked this, you know, at the beginning, but the doctors, they did indeed. I mean, um, if they were to guess or hypothesize, they would say that that sunburn on that day in Australia on the Gold Coast was maybe a a leading factor to... At at the time, their hypothesis Mm -hmm. was that most people who have melanoma in Australia, Mm -hmm. um, it coincides with... They've they've also had a very bad uh, sunburn. sunburn, and so well, that one was, or more. Yeah, so that was yeah. one of the things when they're, I mean they're they're trying to test mm-hmm. all of their like sure you know collect their data and that was one of the data's and they were like yeah that's probably that's probably what did it. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Don't fall asleep in the Australian sun. Wait, how bad was this fucking sunburn? Seriously, uh, probably like uh, like if I'd gone to hospital, it would have been like a burn. Like, really yeah so i mean we're talking blisters yeah oh yeah, yeah. and w- it was bad really yeah. and how long yeah. did it last um oh man god that was so long ago i can't even remember i remember being like in proper pain for like a week <laughs> or so just like smothering it in aloe just oh god just, there was just like i just and that ca- sticky aloe right yeah. sticks to your t-shirt and it yeah. kind of hurts when you take your shirt I off would, i would carry um this piece of cactus with me and oh i would just god. like get it out and just like s- and just squeeze it onto my back oh yeah yeah oh. fun times god all right well i'm gonna put a song on do it um yeah thanks for telling the story hey appreciate it that was great i'm glad i could do something sun related <laughs> sorry, to, sorry to end it on a downer. No, it ended on a You don't have melanoma. That's true. Yeah, that's yeah. great. You look yeah. good. You look healthy. Yeah, it was ten after ten years. They're like I had to see doctors for like every ten, like yeah. every six months, six months for ten years. Uh-huh. And after ten years, they're like, yeah, that whatever that has, like mm. that's gone. If you get it, you're like, I'm now more likely to get something else than for that one to reoccur. But for the ten years, you're more likely for the reoccurrence. Gotcha. All right, well, there you go. Wear sunscreen. And here we have Juana Molina with Dar.
ya no me quiere a su lado Tiene algo que esconder ¿Qué es lo que quiere un payaso? O alguien que sea su relajo Por eso yo digo así For a stroll to experience for someone to rock and roll to experience to be taken for a ride. I know it's not my foolish pride. Like my only friend 
Brooklyn, my habitat, the place where I happen at. Loud swaying the sharp balance of the battle axe. Hines and brandish that, dogs draw the hammer back. It's where you find a new two crew cameras at. It's where my fam is at, the summertime jam is at. They play big and get you open like a sandal back. Hot in the candle wax, hustle and you can't relax. The crack babies trying to find where they mammoths at. It's off the handle black with big police scandals at. Turning the action screenplay, so the mirror max. The type of place where they check your appearance at. And cats who know where all the hot low gear is at. The stomping grounds where you find the pound smokers that Be blazing charm to have your wave cap floating back. The doorstep where the dispossessed posted at. Dope fiends out on Franklin Ave selling over racks. You big born, I better keep your money folded back. Cause once the young guns notice that it's over black, Brooklyn keep on taking it. Worldwide, we known for that. Floor seat cats get it snatched like the local tax. The place I sharpen up my baritone vocals at. But one of the greatest MCs was a local cat.
streets with no cake to eat Back and forth, slides of some generosity Yes, Oh, 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 oh,
Welcome back to BFF.FM. We have Ellison on the line calling in live from prom. Ellison, are you there? Hello, hello. Hi. <laughs> yes, I'm reporting from the Regency Ballroom of San Francisco, California. And uh, I am at a high school 
prom for <laughs> a period of high school. So, um, yeah, 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 yeah. I've just been turning down people just because they want to dance with me. But I, I, I finally found time, and uh-huh. I'm, I'm here. Hey, that's great. Give us a give us a little rundown. What's what's high school like? What's a high school dance like in 2016? High school dance in 2016 looks pretty similar to my own high school poem in 2008. Uh-huh. So, okay, here it is. People are listening to the same music that I danced to in 2008, okay? Okay. And, and people know the words. People are getting down. My friend, Hyphy is not dead. Hyphy is not dead? It is not dead. Oh, that's great. Have you been cutting wristbands and, like, regulating dirty dancing? or you, what, what are you doing? <laughs> I've I'm, I'm just been people watching uh-huh. the shit out of these kids, and it's, it's great. Oh, yes. Any weird shit gone down yet? Right, yeah. And, um, yeah, everyone seems really happy. There's, there's a lot of, like, there's some, like, awkward people oh, walking yeah. around and not really dancing but oh. you know they're, they're like looking they're looking for for a dance they're looking to have fun and they're they're, they're trying hard to find it they're not really finding it they're missing they're not connecting yep yep all right well, what are you what are you going to do about it what am i going to do about it are you t- are you telling me i'm telling to, you uh, yeah let's let's go let's doctor these kids night up you want me to play cupid yeah i don't know if i can do that i don't even know if i can like talk to these kids what do you mean you haven't talked to any so, so I'm trying to I'm, I'm trying to look for people who are like like who got like turned before the, the before the fall right like I'm trying yeah. to look for people who are like swerving okay and they, they seem they seem pretty good uh huh they make it out they're, they're they're pretty good there's this guy who got thrown out of the problem because he was he um uh he had something in, in his bag or something and, okay uh, yeah there's a cop here Ooh. all right has anyone tried to sell you drugs yet say it again has anyone tried to sell you drugs <laughs> no 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 <laughs> i i i can't tell if people can tell that i'm a chaperone yeah because yep. some of these kids look like they're they're 24 and some of them look like they're 13 years old Right. <laughs> well, dude, just so you know, let me clue you in here. Over in the studio tonight, the theme is in the sun. And so we have different people, uh, different subjects telling stories about things that have happened to them in the sun. And we have a p- couple pretty dope ones lined up that are about to go on um, after I hang up with you. That's amazing. Yeah, um, yeah, it's good. Do we, have, do, we have a, do we have a theme here? Do we have a common theme or is she just sharing stories? Yeah, yeah, so the theme is sun, right? The sun has to be a character in your story. The theme is what? The sun. The sun? Yes. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm going to let you go. You sound like you're having a lot of fun. I'm having having a blast, yeah. All right, good. We're going to play a song, and then we're going to have some storytellers. Thanks for calling in, dude. All right. Of course. <laughs> okay, I'll see you tomorrow. Bye.
have to agree with me And that is for sure And that is for sure Nobody can live forever And everybody is the same There we go How we doing man? What's happening? Alright Yeah, 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 yeah Sooner or later, sooner or later You're going to understand that There we go Nobody can live forever Nobody will know how I feel Nobody can give the answers Nobody can play but for real Nobody can live forever Nobody will know how I feel Nobody can give the answer Nobody can play but for real There's no God, there's no heaven There's no devil, there's no hell Alright, alright, welcome back to BFF.FM. This is Back Pocket. I'm your host, McCardle. We had a couple guests here, and they are warming up in the sun, getting ready to, uh, to tell a story. Um, yeah, our first guest, our first storyteller on tonight's episode is going to be Andrew Gibson. Welcome, Andrew. Hello. How you doing? I'm great. Good, good. Uh, how's your day today? You look like you've done some activity. Oh, I was in the sun all day. He's got some really cool sandals on. They look perfect <laughs> for the river. As soon as I can put them on, I put them on. I, I look for the sun like all winter. Uh, yeah, same. I mm-hmm. do that too. Mm-hmm. Perpetually looking at the sky. Oh yeah, and then there's that awkward day in like early spring where it's sunny <laughs> all day and you're like, this is great. And then five o'clock, you're like, I'm freezing cold yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's awful exactly but it's worth it's it like consistent in san francisco i think <laughs> by five o'clock consistently you a fool in san francisco the windbreaker yeah yeah all Perhaps, right baby so dude i'm just gonna give you the floor here cool. um i haven't heard this story i might ask you a couple questions along the way but i'd say just just go for it yeah well i'm gonna preface this by saying that this is a family story of mine okay i'm gonna tell it like i was there because mm. i was practically there but i was not there but there was this day that I was in Colorado, and I was with my mom and my dad and my little sister and the family dog, and we decided to do what a lot of, Col- what a lot of Colorado folk do in the summer, which is go hike a 14,000-foot mountain, because, yeah, because that sounds like a great <laughs> idea, right? Let's hike, let's go really high up there to the point where you can't breathe. 
Um, and you leave early, you know, you leave your house at 7 a.m. And you're all excited, but not excited because it's 7 a.m., but you are excited. And you get there and you hike up this huge mountain. It's Colorado, so in the morning, it's beautiful. Mm. In the mountains, it's just, if it's if it's not storming in the morning, then it is sunny and beautiful. And I don't know why that is, but it is. And so, you know, you go up and you you do two or three hours and then you're kind of where the trees end. And then you go and you do another two hours and you're up on these rocky slopes and up at 14,000 feet. There's no vegetation or anything. It's just straight, just boulders and boulders and boulders and just you're scrambling and and it's sunny. So it's it's amazing. It's clear. You can see so far into the Great Plains. And then you turn around the other direction, you can see so far into these amazing mountain ranges. And it's just, it's amazing. But the sun is often a little bit tricky, as anyone who's sat too long on the beach can tell you. <laughs> it's really amazing until you kind of underestimate it or don't realize that it can just kind of play a trick on you sometimes. It can turn quickly because the sun's got a lot of friends, you know, it hangs out with the clouds, clouds and, and the storms right. and and so all of a sudden you're you know you're up at the top of this 14,000 foot mountain with about you know maybe 50 or 60 other people who have all gone up there because it's very popular and and y- your mom is about like maybe like 15 feet down because she's a slower hiker and you know you just let her take her time because you want you know she's going to get up there eventually and it's it's just a great day and it's just so sunny it's clear except for that one cloud that one little one that's in the picture that you take with your family up at the top of the mountain. That one little one. It's just a right. little bit dark. Huh? And it's great. Until about five minutes later, you look up again, and that one little one's a little bit bigger. And it's, it's actually, it's a lot bigger. It's like, holy, holy crap. Like, that's, that was not there five minutes ago. And you wouldn't, you, until you look at the picture, you're like, convinced that wasn't there but all of a sudden it's just huge and it's above you but you're like okay like it's been five minutes like what could happen it's been so sunny it's been beautiful right. i'm wearing so much sunscreen <laughs> i'm wearing so much sunscreen like that has to that has to have prepared me for whatever i'm doing right now in the sun until all of a sudden you hear this little ring in your ear mm. And you and it's it's weird and you start looking around and everyone around you is kind of looking around and and kind of experiencing something weird and then your hair on your back of your neck kind of stands up and you look above you and the sun's still shining down because the sun's at an angle it's you know it's 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 not straight above you yet it's not midday and so the sun's still on you but you look up and there is just this huge cloud overhead and it is getting darker every second and that ringing gets louder and louder in your ear until out of nowhere just pop everyone drops the ground thunder lightning oh and you're on the rock you are on the top you are on the rock at the top of a 14,000 foot mountain and in 10 minutes it went from completely sunny to storming and thunder and lightning like breaking all around you and like your mom you don't know this at the time but she is like 15 minutes down the mountain and she is on the ground after being thrown through the air no way by lightning 
and it just keeps building. It doesn't end. It's not like one happens and then it's done. Right. The static keeps building. You keep hearing it in your ear and you know when it's coming because all of a sudden it's ringing loud and you can just tell that it's all built up around you and everyone starts screaming, get down, get down, get down. And people are just, it's panic and everyone's starting to run down the mountain and it's just crazy and crazy and you're running down with your dad and then all of a sudden from like the distance you hear your mom like, Paul, Paul, and you look over, she is on the ground and like next to her is a guy just like literally like laying on his face and there's and you just you just notice that right around where your mom is there's like a whole group of people and they do not look so great they look more than just scared they look like something kind of excuse my french but fucked up just happened um and you go over and you help them out and you you pick up a guy and or you more you know realistically you see your dad pick up a guy because he's the man and try to like re- revive him and he's still completely passed out he's got blood on his face and it is at this point it is hailing and it is storming oh and it is completely black everywhere in the sky and the lightning is coming down more and everyone is so scared and i mean my dad carried a guy down the mountain it took the guy this is the best part of the story in my opinion is that it took the guy 15 minutes to be able to walk on his own two feet again just like slowly from like being picked up and unconscious to mm-hmm. like being carried down, like kind of getting his like getting his feet in front of him on his own, to like suddenly being like, "Where am I? Whoa, 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 where am I? What just happened?" And then looking around, and my dad explains, "It's a storm. We're going down the mountain. Come on, keep going." And he's like, "Wait, where are my pants?" And my dad's like, "You, you weren't my." <laughs> and he was wearing like these like kind of like like kind of athletic looking shorts, and the guy's like, "No, I was wearing pants." no idea where they went oh my god wait so all these people had been struck by lightning this group of like 15 or whatever well so when lightning line with your mother yeah so when lightning strikes i mean there's that central point right Mm -hmm. and it's this is actually a very sad story because there was a person at that central point um and he was uh he probably would have died if not for the fact that his dog was on on a leash and it went through his dog oh wow and it took his dog no way so the and the he, lightning traveled through him, through the leash, and into the dog. Mm-hmm. Killed it on the spot. Oh my god! And he, I mean, it, the 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 if you you can go look it up on on online. I mean, there's a uh-huh. big news story because there's so many people at the top right. of this mountain at the time. I mean, the guy's got these lightning scars all down his face and down his neck, and it's it's absolutely just, I mean, just a mix of like like awe inspiring and terrifying, mm-hmm. you know. And your mother, how'd she fare? She was shooken up, man. I mean, yeah. she literally got thrown. Mm-hmm. Like, thrown in such a way that, like, she landed on her butt and, you know, just sort of knocked her backwards. Yeah. And if it had knocked her forwards, it could have been, re- you know, that could have been real bad. Huh. Um, Interesting. Wow. And so, and this guy just didn't know where his pants were. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's good. <laughs> and it took, I mean, it took, I mean, it, and this is, this is no easy hike. This is multiple hours down the mountain and it is storming and it is storming and it does not let it up and it's hailing and everybody like every few minutes, you know, there's, I mean, so many people on the trail and everyone like gets that feeling and people are just like, get down, get down. And everyone drops to the ground and there's a lightning strike somewhere and then they keep going and eventually get the trees and it's, it's better. And somebody is running up the mountain, lets them know that their paramedics are at the bottom of the mountain and there's people there. We just got to, you just got to get everyone down there. And so, you know, I mean, with the exception of, the, of, the, of that uh, poor guy's hound, man, I mean, everyone's okay for the most part. Right. Um, 
god damn it just like the sun would the sun baby yeah comes out capricious comes out it goes at away. the bottom yeah they get back down to the cars it's sunny again all right there you go thanks for telling that story thank you so our next storyteller comes i don't know where to say she comes from she's kind of like a citizen of the, of the planet she has a lot of different nationalities and a lot of different passports and names she's kind of like a spy is the feeling i'm getting um but she's here with us and she's wearing a really cool coat i wish everyone could see it i'll try and describe it a bit it has these interesting little like flowers and it's kind of patchwork and it's opened in the middle and um yeah <laughs> <laughs> anyway welcome marie thank you um so yeah my story um well first off where are you from let's 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 kind of settle that right now well i was born in paris i was raised in argentina and then i moved to montreal and i've been living here for six months great yeah welcome thank you cool um and what is that jacket can you tell me about that a little bit oh this one i just bought it on a thrift shop in montreal yeah i thought it was cool it looks yeah yeah, it's just like a bunch of flowers and patterns yeah no it's perfect for today so okay for those of you listening to back pocket right now the theme for tonight's show is in the sun stories and action and events that happened under the sun which is why andrew told the story of the, the capricious weather on top of this mountain in colorado where his mother was struck by lightning um and now Marie has a story. Um, you said it was when you were in Hawaii, right? Yes, so I was in Hawaii yeah, two weeks ago, okay. actually. So I was with uh, with other French friends. So we were at the beach. Uh, it was really sunny, and um, yeah, we were just like having a good time, you know, relaxing. And then there is this guy dressed up as a kind of like a Hindu priest. Um, so. Uh, he comes to us and he was actually good looking you know and he comes and he's like hey girls uh sorry for bothering you so um i am going to uh tomorrow i'm i'm moving to india and i'm going to become like a priest so we're like okay and he's like so tonight is my last night as a single man so (laughs) would you guys like to give me some pleasure (laughs) and we're like what what's wrong with you like no um (laughs) and then um so and then he stays there and we're like okay he he stays in because he sits in front of us and he he starts meditating and he's like girls you should meditate with me let's meditate all together and, and he's like, like right in front of you meditating yeah exactly is yeah. he on your blanket are you guys sharing the towel right now or uh we were no he was not in our blanket thankfully but okay. <laughs> he was like right in front of yeah. us you know uh-huh uh, <laughs> <laughs> looking at you or looking yeah, away from no, you looking at us okay. yeah we were like in a row like three oh girls my God. and the guy just in front of us that's so funny so his back was like to the ocean and he's staring exactly. at you on the beach super unnatural yeah and weird like super weird. three babes on the beach <laughs> in their bikinis guy in an indian priest outfit facing away from the ocean meditating yeah. towards your face exactly wow okay yeah 
<laughs> and he really tries to get us meditating, you know? <laughs> He's like, let's go, girl, let's do this, you know, like for the world. And we're like, oh my God. So, uh, and it was actually really funny, you know? We actually thought it was funny, a bit creepy, but funny. <laughs> uh, and then all of a sudden, there is a camera that comes from nowhere, and he's like, You got pranked. This is, was for a YouTube channel. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Do you know the name of the channel by any chance? Um, I have it here. I think it's um, Mingo with Mike. I think that's the name. Let me check. Mingo with. And was that Mike? Was Mike the meditator? I think Mike was the guy that was filming. Okay. Yeah. Mike, um, yeah, Mingo with Mike, exactly, yeah. Wow, and are you online yet? Are you up? Uh, I don't think I'm there yet. Oh, but, man. But, uh, yeah, maybe, uh, maybe soon. Huh, do you think any of your friends or you were considering saying yes? No, I don't think so. No. Just, like, one of my friends was actually, oh, meditating, that sounds pretty cool, you know? Like, why not? You know, we're in Hawaii. Yeah. Like, she was the one being more like, oh, yeah, like, relax about it, you know? <laughs> Me and my other friend were just like, oh, no, what the fuck? Like, this is weird. <laughs> I'm not meditating with a stranger, not talking to you. Yeah, no. he should have started with the meditating and then asked for the pleasure. Right? I think his order was a little off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the order was But I guess it makes it funnier for the, exactly. for the YouTube video, right? If you just walk up and ask to get pleasured. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> oh, man, that's so good. Um, uh, cool. Thanks for that story. <laughs> is there no anything problem. you want to say? I know you have some friends listening right now. Do you want to say something to them? Oh, no. I just want to tell. Well, actually, my friends that were with me in Hawaii are listening. Cool. So just, yeah. What, uh, what are their names? So it's Chloe, Charlene, and uh, Greg, and uh, sorry, Percy and Hugo were there too in Hawaii. We really had like such an amazing 10 days. It was a lot of fun. So, yeah, that's one of our main, a lot of stories we live there. This is one of the funny ones. <laughs> oh, awesome. So, um, cool. That was Andrew and Marie. And you're listening to Back Pocket here on BFF.FM every Saturday night. We got a couple more minutes, so we're going to play some music and tune it on out. Um, yeah, thanks for listening. I get a little worried when you focus on my
All this time 